memories and all of Hate's Delight. <laughs> Summer maniacs. Woohoo! Snow on the ground. January. You know what time it is. Brand new Midsummer episode time. Book of the Dead. Midsummer Maniacs is part of the Maniac. Uh, Mystery Maniac. Midsummer Maniacs is part of the Maniac Network. <laughs> oh, are we a network? Yeah, now? I guess so. <laughs> what other Maniac shows could we have that begin with them? The Meat Maniacs. <laughs> I don't want to be on no, that I show. No, I don't want to be on that show. What else could we do? The My- Mirror Maniacs. Look at this mirror. <laughs> Mighty Maniacs. The Mighty that did Mighty Morphin Power Rangers recaps. Milk Maniacs. Oh. It's all about milk. No, thank you. Mystery Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to mystery TV each week. We dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. Oh my God, this episode took me so long to get through because there's so much stuff in it. Yeah, we're talking about season 24, episode two of Midsummer Murders. Book of the Dead. It's the wrong title. It's the wrong title. But, okay, Uh, (laughs) it should just be called, like, Puzzle of Death or Seekers of Death. If you let your children obsess over a puzzle book created by someone who lives in your house for numerous years, so much so that they have a conspiracy hut, then they they can can probably listen to to this. Unless you think it'll just encourage them or something you don't want to. Wow, this is... This is the most bonkers episode we have had in at least three or four seasons. And it's bonkers in a way that Midsummer is really good at being. It's not that there's there are wackadoodle characters, yes. Yes. But the whole premise of it is so quintessentially Midsummer. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. That there is a book that is filled with puzzles that lead to a treasure that is worth a life-changing amount. And that we see hardly ever full pages of it, but we see glimpses of it everywhere. I think it's the kind of thing that somebody who likes mysteries would be attracted to. So it's a clever kind of plot device for Midsummer to use. Yes. It, 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 It appeals to the audience. It does. It'd be like if they were having a murder mystery party. You know, we'd be into that. Sometimes when they give the premise of the show away, you're like, huh, I wonder why they're doing that. But this one, you're like, oh, yeah, I get that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Original air date is the 11th of December, 2023, Amir. Month ago. Month ago. Directed by Gil Wilkinson and written written by Jeff Povey. Remember, we're going to spoil this episode. So if you have not seen Book of the Dead yet, please don't listen any further. Stop. When it's available to you, listen to our mini episode, which is spoiler free first, then watch it, then come back and listen to this. We don't want to ruin it for you. It's a brand new episode and you won't want to watch it knowing who did it. That being said, I know some of our listeners actually listen to it anyway. Even if they haven't watched it? No, they were just that funny. (laughs) I don't know about that. Ask our children. I just think (laughs) they know that for somebody who likes the show, it doesn't really ruin it for you. You'll watch it anyway. So 
you know, that's all good. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But uh, just don't turn around and go, but you said who did it. We told you we were going to. Yep. We're going to say who did it. The other spoiler of this episode is we think we talked about these things in the past. Mm. But we're on episode 190 now, and I can't remember everything we've talked about in we're, that space of time. We're having a bit of deja vu about a couple of topics, so yeah. uh, and I'm not going to say I don't think we've talked about them. I feel like we have, but I can't remember I when. I can't remember and, when. But it, yeah, it's fine. We searched our notes and we couldn't it's find it. It's fine. We'll so have fun anyway. It doesn't if, matter. If, well, it's two possibilities. One, you remember that, and we didn't go into it nearly as much as we're going to go into it today. So there's that added bonus. And if you don't remember, well, neither, it's new to you. Neither do we. It's new for you. <laughs> oh, it's just another fun part of getting old. Welcome to episode one, nine zero. <laughs> I just bought a lamp to sit next to the chair I sit in when we watch TV. That has a five times magnifying light on it so that I can see when I'm sewing sitting there because I've been doing a lot of hand sewing lately and I couldn't see to thread the needle. Well, in that room, the, our living it is room dark. has the worst lighting. It is it. very bad lighting. Well, the whole house has the worst. <laughs> the, the, our house, the people who owned it before are very nice people, but... They decided to light from the outside and not from the center. Of any room. Of any room. Yeah. It's all like down lights around the edge of the room for dramatic effect, <laughs> but not for being able to see squat. <laughs> and so you can't just put a lamp in the middle of a room like and fix you, that. You at least sit under the, the ring of light. On, yes. In the living room, I sit in the darkness that is the middle of the room. Yeah, so you can't see anything. No, I can't. I, I'm surprised could, you can use the remote. I couldn't read a book. No way. Definitely couldn't read a book. But getting that lamp. I'm in the zone of darkness. It has a little bendy arm that yep. I can bend over so I can hold my sewing underneath the big magnifying glass. And I just felt like, oh, hello, Mark. Thank you for coming to visit me in the nursing home. It's so nice of you. Um, did you bring me any chocolates? Oh yeah, I feel like an ancient. And Olive hates it with oh a God. red hot passion. Oh, my gosh. Olive. As soon as I plugged it in, she's like. <laughs> for some reason, Olive hates the light. You don't understand. It's offended her in some way. Oh. Uh, so, you know, forgetting whether we've covered a topic in a past episode is just another link in the chain of oldness. Now, I'm going to say something here that we haven't talked about, but I, I noticed it on viewing. Whenever there's something bad happen or about to happen or or ominous, uh -huh. if you watch the episode again, the Trask sign is in the background. Huh. It's really... It, the farm shop? No, no, no. The Trask uh, contractor sign. Oh. That's outside the church at the beginning. Oh. They totally use that <laughs> as a, here's our clue. Hey, guess who did it? Yeah. This guy. <laughs> oh, okay. We're, we're going to get into this. But the art direction team for this episode, this may go down as their favorite episode. It should. Because it's great. they do all sorts of crazy stuff. And they got to do so many fun things. Like yeah. whoever got to write, design the book itself and, and do the illustrations for the pages must have had so much fun. Because they, they got to create yeah. all those illustrations and put in all kinds of crazy objects yeah. that should look like clues that are clues to nothing. 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 <laughs> And they don't have to worry about whether they make sense or not. It doesn't matter. 
It's so fun. Oh, absolutely. I would love to do that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I've designed so many games myself that I know how hard it is. It's impossible. It's really difficult to create puzzles like that. And yep. the fact that they could create something that looks like that, but and doesn't actually, no it doesn't have to work. My favorite is on the new page. There's just an ice cream cone sitting Yeah, there. yeah. Okay, so we're in Mods Meyer, yes. where we've never been before. No. We also have eight Watch Like a Maniac questions that we asked in the mini. Yep. We'll we'll highlight where those are as we talk through the episode and all the craziness. And uh we are in the new cop shop now. Cop shop B. B. Yes. The so, annex. So just, <laughs> just no, they've moved. Just in the but they, opening, they make no note of it. No, at all. They just, just moved. Just in the cold opening. Just in the cold opening alone, we have the book cover. Yeah. We have posters. Yeah. We have the seeker T-shirt. Did you see the seeker T-shirt and what it said? Are you the seeker? Are you that seeker? Yeah. <laughs> Well, one of the ladies that comes to the book signing has that shirt on, but she also has a bucket hat on yeah. <laughs> that has this non-attached bit that's supposed to look like it's on the hat, but isn't that says, I'm that seeker. <laughs> <laughs> All of that before we even get a line of dialogue. Never mind. Selena Cadell. Okay. Who's been in Midsummer twice before. When is Selena going to die? Because she is spectacular. You know she's going to be a, a victim. victim. <laughs> yeah. And her name is Venetia Butts. She dies. Like, in it just gets better <laughs> all the time. She dies in every episode she's in. Mm -hmm. I think it's in her contract. I think, I think Selena won't agree to be on Midsummer unless she gets to be a victim. She's. Absolutely fantastic. Did you notice? And right away, I'm noticing things like this. The guy comes up to Bertram to sign his book. Uh -huh. Bertram signs And his steals his pen. And steals his pen. <laughs> <laughs> he hands him his book and his pen to autograph the book. Yep. And then... <laughs> like puts his hand out for his pen back and Bertram just puts it in his pocket and he's like, oh, well. And it's a nice pen. Yep. It's not like a Bic. No. It's like a like a clicky pen. Yep. Pretty clicky pen. <laughs> Pretty clicky pen. There you go. And Ludo is in the front row. We had a Watch Like a Mania question that was related to Ludo. Yeah, it was number three. Why is Ludo's name important? This is quite the nerdy question. This whole episode is about a big puzzle, about a game. Yes. Ludo. Is the, well, ludology is the study of, study games, of and, games. games and puzzles. Yes. So he's Ludo. Yep. It's also my favorite character from Labyrinth. Yes. The big guy with the ring in his nose. Yes. Ludo, Ludo sad. Yes. The biggest Muppet ever. Yep. It's <laughs> very big this character, Ludo, resembles that Ludo not a single bit. They have nothing in common. No. They have the same number of limbs. That's about it. So, yeah. So, that was that one. It's Ludology. It's the study the study of games and puzzles. And we thought that was a funny reference. Okay, Sarah. Mm -hmm. You've written a book mm -hmm. in which there's a puzzle. Mm -hmm. No one has solved this puzzle for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to do a new version of the book. Mm-hmm. 
with a new page. Mm -hmm. This is all from when we get to talking about Masquerade because it went through something similar, right? You're going to have a newspaper person interview your author. Yep. Would you not vet this person before that? Vet who? The, Which? Uh, the reporter who's going to ask the questions. What do you mean? Like, would you not say, ask these questions? Oh, like, would you not set up some parameters for the interview? Yes. Especially since it's being done in front of an audience. Yeah. It's not just a one-on-one interview. Yeah. Um, You could, but it doesn't prevent her from asking something that you didn't agree to. Maybe. People do it all the time. But we've both worked in with publishers. No publisher would ever agree to anything like this. But they also don't know that there's anything to ask about. That's true. I love how the the publisher characters are never seen or no. discussed again. Her name is Jane. That's <laughs> it. She's Jane the publisher and she's like, yeah. "I'm out of here. You're a crank. Goodbye, yeah. con man." Look, there's a rooster on the church. Is that a clue? No. <laughs> no. You that, See, that's how this episode The whole episode messes, is like this. It messes with you because you're in this mindset of a puzzle solver because everybody in the episode is solving puzzles, but they don't mean anything. <laughs> I found myself going, is that, was that, what was that? Are they trying? Is that, what does that mean? What, what? Nothing. It means nothing, Sarah. Nothing, nothing. So the cover of the Seeker book has four puzzle pieces on it. Mm-hmm. One is of a pirate. He's got a hook they in had, it. They're little vignettes yeah. from pages in the book. One yeah. is of Stonehenge. One is a golden knight. And the other is a bus driver. Did you notice I got the book out? Yes, you, you did. Sarah has a book. <laughs> as soon as I saw the book, I was like, pause it. Yeah. The first time we watched the episode, I'm like, pause it. I think I have that book and I go looking around and it was because our house is pitch black all the time and it was nighttime. I couldn't find it then. We live in eternal dark. Because our library has one, one bulb lamp for a room that is 20 by 10 easy. We're not trying to get a sponsorship from, from light bulbs. I couldn't find it, but then I did find it. And I have a book called puzzle craft that is about making puzzles that looks amazingly like the front of this book, and it predates this episode. So I if will anybody put it copied in the anybody, show notes. it's a great book if you design puzzles. But if you don't, you, it's a nerd book. But it looks just like it. If we were to say, I don't know, interview the person who did the art direction for this episode, we would have to ask. We them would if have they own to ask them if they own that book because it looks just like it. Just <laughs> like it. <laughs> Uh, Nerdville. Okay. Also at the event where the reporter asks, so are you still a con? Do you still beat your wife? That kind of leading question and and outs Bertram. Uh, We have the most amazing crowd of civilians in the seats. You thought the bucket hat was good. Yeah, the I am that seeker hat was excellent, but not nearly as excellent as the pink haired lady. There is a lady. She's about three rows from the back on the we'll, right. We'll have a screenshot. The right of her. hand side of the screen. And she has a gorgeous mohawk. Yeah, it's not just pink hair, it's hot, hot, bright pink. And most of her head is shaved, except yes. for a mohawk that is gathered into a series of little ponytails of pink awesomeness. She is. She's fantastic. hardcore. So fantastic. And so not midsummer. No. <laughs> 
And there she is in the audience, happy as a clam. Because usually <laughs> when they do these crowd shots, you want indescript people. Right. Because you don't want anything drawing the attention away from your actors yeah. or the story. Yep. And that is completely understandable. But if there's somebody in that crowd who betrays that rule, we will find them. We found them before. And Pinky, Pinky is that lady. Right on, Pinky. She you go, girl. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> she's she's at least 45, if not 50. Yes. And working it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll share a picture of her if you guys missed her. Best extra of the episode. We find out he's a criminal, and then we begin to see parts of pages. Mm-hmm. The Mark spots an X. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, do I spot Xs in this book. Uh, there's a page just lying on the ground that gets run over by a bike. That has a double-decker bus on it? Yes. And then there are Eli and what is his Danny. And Danny, who are... Danny's done. She's, like, moving him out already. You mean Madame Blanc? Yes. Because <laughs> Danny's played by Sally Lindsay, who is still, right now, starring in the Madame Blanc mysteries. Yeah, she just kind of did a gig here. As soon as I saw her, I was like, Madame Blanc! And Eli is played by Sean Dooley. Who is fantastic. He's a great actor. Yeah. He was also in Left for Dead in season yeah. 11, but he was also in Misfits, yeah. which is not a show for everybody. I, I know we've talked about that before, um, but man, is it awesome. Misfits is so good. If you can handle a little bit of crude humor, it is so yeah. good. Um, they're both really good actors. You'd sell your sister for a slice of cheese and you don't even like cheese. Yes. <laughs> That's one of the best lines <laughs> from that show. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. So Bertram has been crashing with them for six months. So, okay. And they are kicking his butt out. He's been crashing with them for six months, but he's had some time to decorate. <laughs> It tells you everything you need to know about how egotistical he is, that he's been living there for six months, and we see a little sliver of his room, and he has two photos of himself up on the wall in this room. One of them peering around the wall. It's like a little peekaboo picture of him. The the work that went into this episode. (laughs) Yes. Just think about it. How to get those pictures to get them blown up? Do you think that's one of John Culshaw's actor headshots? I, I think compl- of him playing Peekaboo. I think that <laughs> makes it simple, but they still had to blow them up and put them in frames. Yes, and then hang them on the wall the right <laughs> way. Like so much went into this episode. But it it says so much about who Bertram is. Yeah, that he has made himself quite at home. Yes. Basically, he's blackmailing them to even stay there. Yes. Now, let's talk about him staying there. Okay. Okay? Because I know this is a giant bee buzzing around your bonnet. (laughs) So, Ludo is their son. Okay. How old do you think Ludo is? I think he's like 18. Yes. He's he's a very young adult. Eli and Danny, Trask, and their son, Ludo. Yes. And Bertram has been staying with them for six months. Now, Ludo is really, really, really into the Seeker, right? Oh, come on. So much so that he's got a Seeker shack. He has a Seeker shack. (laughs) He's got a conspiracy hut, okay? 
He's really, 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 really into it. In the show of Conspiracy Huts, this, this is, is one of the best ones. It's quite the secret shack. Yeah. But then the author of that book comes to stay with you. To live with you. Is it like sharing a bathroom with you? Yes. Would you not pester him constantly? Well, first of all, it would be like, for Ludo, it's like a rock star came to live with you. Yes. That's amazing. Like, my dad knows this person. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've been infatuated with this book, and now he's living with us. Yeah, you would talk to him every second of every day that you could. And we can only assume that Ludo has done that in the past and, and has been told to stop. You I guess. couldn't help it. No, you couldn't. you couldn't. It'd be like your favorite band is living in your house. Yeah. But then the problem arises that I came into at this point, right? Which is just imagine if Ludo won. Yeah, if he found the treasure. Okay, so this treasure hasn't been found for 10 years. We know that winter, we we haven't even talked about the Barnabys mm-hmm. or winter yet. We know that winter is obsessed with this book so much so he lost a girlfriend. Yes. Okay? You find out that the treasure's been found in the town where the author lives by a child in the author's house. Yeah. You Sus. would go ballistic. Yeah. You would be like, this is... I think there'd be lawsuits. Yeah. Because you couldn't help but suspect that it was a fix-up. Well, okay, so let's talk about this. There have been a number of these before, the most famous of these being Masquerade. These being books or stories that were put out into the world by authors that supposedly contained clues to a big treasure that the author had hidden somewhere in the world that you could find if you solve those puzzles. That has happened in the real world several times before. The biggest and most well-known being Masquerade. Yes. Which is a book that was written in 78, well, it was published in 78. This is one of those things we think we may have talked about before, yes. but we can't remember. By anyway. Kit Williams. Yes. Now, 78, I was going to bookstores as much as I possibly could. I was reading voraciously at this point in time. So I absolutely remember this book. Mm-hmm. I remember it being a big thing. It was a bestseller, right? I remember it was a big wanting deal. this book so that I could go through the picture clues mm-hmm. to find the golden rabbit. Yes. Okay. I remember that I would have been 10. This is like cracked right, to a 10-year-old. Right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the most well-known and the I would say almost the best run of all these. Mm-hmm. And it had lawsuits against yeah. it. Yeah, it was not straightforward. So the idea was that you're supposed to follow the clues and then uh, you would find this golden rabbit that was hidden somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't buy the book because I was like, I'll never be able to go and look I for it. I am 10 and have no driver's license. <laughs> and my and teleporter's my, broken. And my so, parents you know. don't even like driving to town. <laughs> so, no, I will not be biking. To so, find. did anybody ever find it? I don't remember. It was a 18 uh, karat gold jewel encrusted pendant of a small hair. That's not life changing value. Yeah. Well, it, it might have been worth a grand. That was in a small ceramic casket. Are you getting this here? Mm. <laughs> Methinks the writer of this episode may have heard about it. Yes. 
So uh, it, it was found by a person, and then they published The Solution in 1982. It's a book with all the solutions in it. Oh. But there was some scandal over it. But, but I'm glad they did that because yeah. that provides satisfaction to all the people who were into it and didn't solve it. Yeah, you can to buy finally it. get the answers you, to everything you, would be so nice. You can buy the book with all the answers in it. The do you know where the rabbit is now? No. It's in the VA. The Victoria and Albert? Yeah, it's it's a piece of art in the Victoria and Albert. So Museum. where was it? Do you know where she found it? Uh, like was it buried or was it like in a uh, lockbox or they they found it in a in that ceramic thing using mm -hmm. metal detectors somewhere in Ampthill. Is that in England? Yeah, I think so. But you don't know where it was. Yes, it's in But like where if Berkshire. it was if it was buried or if it yeah, was, it was in buried. A, okay. So it was in Bedfordshire. I would not have found it. <laughs> no, I don't think you would have made it there. <laughs> no. But this is a rabbit hole. That really, for anybody to buy it outside the UK would have been kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, and this is like, this is 10-year-old Mark. This is, I want to go to England, Mark. This is, I love everything British, Mark. This is, I read voracious, like. If my, I found it, it would change my life and get me out of this crap hole little my, town, Mark. My little head must have exploded. <laughs> But have you heard about the Fen treasure? Well, let me ask you before we move on to that one. Yeah. Why did people sue? Uh, because they said that the person who found it knew him closely enough. He was like three people removed from him. Was her name Ludo? No. <laughs> did he live with her? <laughs> no. And there was... So they thought it was rigged. Yeah. And they there was a, an idea that it was just an excuse to get all this money to go to animal rights. Ah, so, okay. So... Well, I hope they raised money for animal rights. I hope so. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about the other one. Fen treasure. So this guy named Forrest Fen, who was, He's a character. Is a dude already. He's a freelance archaeologist who basically just plunders historical places and steals artifacts, yeah. especially Native American artifacts. He writes this poem that supposedly has this treasure of gold and jewels at the end of it. Five people die looking for this thing. Yeah, because they climb cliffs in the... In the southwest of the United States, like in the, um, well, what's the name of the big, big hole? <laughs> Jackson's <laughs> the, hole. No, the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. <laughs> I couldn't the think of hole. it. I don't know why. The Grand Canyon, yes. the big hole. Um, like people like climbing walls of the Grand Canyon because they think they know where it is tucked in a niche somewhere. So then it comes out. He said that somebody had found it. He wasn't going to release the name. And then he dies. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. We'll never know. No, no. It, it, it's well known that, that it was this guy from uh, Texas. Who, but there uh, are stories of people going on like multi-week road trips together yep. who don't even know each other, but they're all on the on the trail. Yep. And they get together, pile in a car, drive across the country, go to all these places, find nothing, lose their jobs, but I fall found, off cliffs, you I, know. I found the bottom of this rabbit hole oh, with yeah? its golden rabbit. Mm -hmm. The bottom of this rabbit hole is a television show from the 2002 season, Oh, which wow. was entitled. I think I know. Is it P called Push Nevada? Push Nevada. 
Spo, is if you've never heard of this, after you're done listening to this episode, of course, give it a Google. It's crazier than we can say. Only seven of the twelve episodes aired. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is a puzzle wrapped up in a poorly written mystery show reminiscent of Twin Peaks. And they don't even air the whole show. Created by Ben Affleck with the final clue being revealed on the Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> it is so an American cock-up of a good idea. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Produced by Ben and created by Ben Affleck. They wanted people to be on the edge yeah. of their seats, you know, eager to see the next episode, talking about it. It was in 2002, so you had some internet going on. Yeah. And they... they they wanted it. I mean, it's lost before lost, right? I mean, yeah. it was supposed to be really big deal, and uh, it was too weird. Twenty-four it was too year Twin old Peaksy. New Jersey resident Mark Nakamoto won the grand prize by calling the appropriate number at the right time during Monday Night Football. That's how you won. Yeah. And what was the prize? Uh, it was. 10 G's, I think. $10,000? Yeah. What did he do? Uh, I would like 10 G's, but I don't think it was worth what they... There was 13 episodes originally planned. Oh, my gosh. And the, the character list is just weird. With, with There's, like, psychic just, stuff and mind control, and the whole town is in cahoots, and an FBI uh, age. I mean, it is... Bad Twin Peaks. That's the yeah. only way I can describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'll put a link to all this in the show notes. Needless but. to say, the plot of this episode of Midsummer is original for Midsummer, but based on some things that happened in real life, inspired by pe- things that happened in real life. This has happened. And that's not even to talk about all the alternate reality games that have happened that have had people traveling all over the world looking for clues and solving yep. puzzles and answering public telephones and all kinds yep. of other stuff that have happened since then, yes. right? So it's it's not an original idea no. for this. But certainly Ludo should not be allowed to win if there even were a real treasure at the end of this. Especially when Bertram then shows him the missing page. Yeah, the new page gives him the clue. Before Bertram is killed, he shows the new page, which includes mermaid snake thing, an ice cream cone, a turtle. Well, every illustration features Bertram, too. Yes, Bertram in uh, a Buddhist position in front of a stained glass window that's not in a church. It's floating in the sky. And basically says, I'm not a con man. I'm not a con man. (laughs) Yeah, So if you were going to design a game like this and hide a treasure, where would you hide it? Oh, I have the perfect spot. Where? So if you have, if constant listeners would know, I spent all of the summers growing up till I was 16 at a campsite. This is why I never went on summer vacation. On a lake. Because my parents said, we drove 15 minutes away to a lake. That's your summer vacation. Mm -hmm. You get to sleep in this. Tent trailer. Camper. (laughs) So. This lake, which was 40,000 hectares, giant lake, mm-hmm. in the middle of the lake, there is two islands, oh. big island and a little island. And nobody lives on those and islands? no one lives on those islands. I actually swam to the big island once. And they must be public land. A mile then. and a half 
from the shore. And in that, of course, as you can imagine, there are teenagers on this lake. Mm -hmm. So there is like a campsite at the top of this outcropping in on this island mm -hmm. that has this cave-like indentation near it mm -hmm. that has a spot in it that is behind that, which you could hide something about this big and no one would they ever They can't find. see how big no. that is. Like it, it's about a space about like a, a liquor, foot square, like a liquor bottle size. Yeah, you like could hide. A, you could easily. I found liquor bottles in that particular <laughs> spot. Um, That's where you would hide it. Yeah. That's smart because it's on public land, so people could definitely get yep. there. If, years back, Dr. Pepper did a game where there was a a promotion where you could find these coins that were worth anywhere from like $10 to one was supposed to be worth a hundred thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And they had clues like latitude and longitude clues on the lids of soda pops and stuff. And one of the places they hid one was in a national cemetery in Washington, DC and people scaled the fence to get to like Benjamin Franklin's grave or something crazy like that to find. And so because they broke the law to get to the coin that was worth a lot of money. It was worth like $20,000 or something. Uh, Dr. Pepper voided it because they didn't want to reward them is, for breaking the law to get it. that convenient? Um, but people were upset about I that. Sued I think I would want to hide it, hide the treasure somewhere where I could keep an eye on it. Yeah. So I would know that it's still there. Like that... But then it'd be really easy to find because people would just stalk me. That island, and, you could and look where I went. Easily put a camera on that island, and it's close enough to shore that you could get Wi-Fi signal. Get from Wi-Fi it. signal from it and stuff like that. Yeah, and I keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to do something like that. Otherwise, like somebody could have found it years ago and you wouldn't even know. A trail camera that uploaded once a week. Yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. You, you certainly couldn't hide it literally in the middle of nowhere and not know for sure whether somebody had found it or not. Because they might keep keep quiet about it, right? Yes. You find that that jerk archaeologist guy's treasure, and it was supposedly like a little box of like golden coins and gems, yeah, which you can easily sell yourself. You don't have to like go through him to get the value yeah. from them. So there'd be no reason for you to say anything about finding it if you didn't want to. No. And he'd never know. There, there are so many problems with these and people keep doing them. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the Trasks, right? Yeah. Uh, we've got Eli, um, Danny, and Ludo. Bertram lives with them. Then we also have the Butts. The Butts. Venetia Butts. And then her son, Reverend Butts, Sebastian Seb, the Rev Butts, the Rev Butts, and his wife Ava Butts. This is Butts. I'm really trying not to make Butts jokes, but so come on, their last name's Butts. Wow, they like did that to the camera the whole time. And Othello Khan. Oh, we're gonna get to Othello Khan. There's so much we have yet to talk. Who, that's a supervillain name. Yes, Othello Khan is the supervillain of the episode who gets away. He's played by Omid Jolly, who I know is a stand-up comedian. Yeah. The first time I saw him in the episode, I'm like, where'd he get all that hair? <laughs> yeah. His head is a cue ball. Yeah. Haven't we see, have we seen him on Taskmaster? No. No. No, he's not. But we've seen his stand-up. He's by the very way, funny. By the way, one of our listeners suggested that we might watch Taskmaster this week. <laughs> oh. 
and that that we they sent a link to one of the episodes um one of our favorites the gong bong one yes <laughs> and i just want to say thank you oh thanks thank, you're absolutely right absolutely. it is the kind of thing we like it, it we is, love that show we love that show so much that we do taskmaster at work yes we <laughs> <And> do I, <laughs> I did it in school for a while during covid yeah yeah when they were doing the at-home taskmaster you were yeah. doing it at home with your students yes yeah so right yeah. on right on <laughs> and no. then we have the my hills yes Joel and Scarlett. Well, don't forget Helena and her memorial quiz. <laughs> she wasn't even into quizzes that we know of. She's died 25 years ago, but now after... 24, I think. Yes, 24. Yeah. After 19 years... Hey, no, let's no, have a quiz for mom. Yeah, like 16 years? Yeah. Let's have a quiz for mom. Because now we own this pub, and we can finally have the quiz that we always wanted to have for mom. For mom. <laughs> Bertram shows up and leaves because he's going to go hide the treasure. We are eight minutes into the episode, and I spend the next 40 minutes of my life dissecting how this murder could not happen. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about it first. Let's talk about what Bertram is doing. Yeah. So the idea is he's going to go out and he's going to bury this golden angel. In a ceramic box. In a ceramic. We've heard that before. Yeah. In a giant terrarium. Glass globe underground. He's going to dig a hole and bury it because people are suspicious that there actually is no treasure. And he thinks by pretending to bury it and sharing a picture that he's able to prove there is a treasure. Yes. Right? So I'm not a con man. There, there is no. a treasure to be found. It can be solved. Yes. Now, one of our Watch Like a Maniac questions was, what would not fit in Bertram's backpack? And the answer is, that giant glass globe that is bigger than his backpack. Yes. But he supposedly took it with him. I know for a fact that that globe would weigh at least 40 pounds. Yeah, because it's heavy. Yeah. The art direction in this, the production is great, except... For that angel. It's brass. It's brass all day long. Or it's gold plastic. I think plastic. it's meant to be. Either way. really crappy. It's meant to look really crappy. I, I'm not buying that. Because everybody who sees it first person thinks it's valuable. Yeah, that's the problem I have with it. Right? When Venetia gets her hands on it, she's like, oh. Yeah. You know, this is going to, I'm going to sell this and it's going to change my life. It's worth no, so much. Like Jamie should look at it and go, this is a piece of tat. Even if it was solid gold, it yeah. wouldn't be enough money to change your life. No. Maybe pay off your car. No. Maybe. If if gold prices were good. So Bartrand gets whammoed in the head. Yes. By the shovel. Mm-hmm. And then after he's taken pictures and sent them to Ludo. Ludo. Never mind the fact that I would be a kind of weird if my middle-aged lodger who was blackmailing me was sending pictures to my son at night on his phone. Ludo's old enough that they don't know what he's getting on his phone. Do you know who sent our kids pictures last night? No, No, of course not. But still. They don't know. Okay. Then Eli is a killer. It's okay if he's not a good parent. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Give him a pass. (laughs) That may be the quote of the episode. (laughs) You want to indict him for being a bad parent. He kills three people. Okay, he's got problems. So so Bertram gets whammoed, and then we see Bertram buried up to his neck. Mm -hmm. Now, the 
Not in sand or gravel or peas or something like that. The leaves and the dirt are not disturbed. It's as if he's been teleported into the forest floor. Yes. The glass globe is placed on his head. Uh Uh-huh. And he wakes up. Uh Uh-huh. And then suffocates. Uh Uh-huh. By blowing smoke in in the terrarium. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) We're all with you so far. Okay. So... (laughs) You're so stressed out about this. <laughs> to dig a hole. <laughs> first wait a minute, of all, wait a minute. Have you dug a hole in our backyard I don't know about? <laughs> no, but I watched a 90-minute video on digging a well with a shovel. <laughs> well, that one time you did drop a knife off of our deck to see yes. what would happen. So it's I'm not putting it past you that you wouldn't try to dig a hole. So first of all, I watched a video about digging hole tool and that shovel is the worst tool to dig a hole oh yeah now you would think that a contractor would know that Mm -hmm. okay he went out there with intent to kill him yeah okay second second but wait a minute eli didn't choose the shovel no i would assume he has other shovels to choose from so he brought some and it's bertram who chose poorly the shovel that would kill him bertram chose poorly (laughs) Bertram should have picked a so better hole digging shovel I know for Sean his killer. Dooley is a tall man, but yes. to get that hole, he needs a bucket at the very least. Yes. I watched a video about a guy digging a well with just a shovel, and he came after 90 minutes, he got to the point where it was at his neck level, and he said, You could not do this without a bucket. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Does not have the right tools. And a pile of dirt right next to the hole, right? That where you're dumping pile, the bucket. Pile of dirt right next to the hole. Bertram, did he have a tape measure? Because he measures it exactly how tall Bertram has to be. And you're like, oh, well, it doesn't matter how tall he is. Yes, it does. Because in order to suffocate with the glass thing around his head it has to be a perfect seal if it's not a perfect seal he's not going to suffocate more importantly the dirt needs to be up to his neck yes because if it's not if it was up to let's say the top of his shoulders he might be able to wiggle his arms free yes right now i'm gonna say that eli has spent enough time with bertram that he knows roughly how tall he is and that if he's got to be in the hole to dig it that deep, that he could probably estimate it. What I imagine is this keystone caper kind of thing where, where he he's keeps, putting Bertram keeps, in the hole and taking him back out again. He's dunking him in the hole to see if it fits and yeah. then laying him down no, again. I got to go down another six inches. <laughs> but never mind that he's had to excavate the top like two inches of soil as like a disc and neatly place it to the side yes so that he can put it put it back, back perfectly and cut a hole for bertram's head in the middle of it yes. and then put his put it over his head like a donut so and mash it down to match it then with that airtight seal it would not be airtight and that exact moment is when bertram wakes up not during the in and out of the hole. Yeah, or when he's teleported into the ground or anything. And I think he would already start to feel like he couldn't breathe from the pressure of the dirt. That is a factor that I did not work in. So that ball of glass thing the sphere, yeah. would be roughly 10 gallons. Mm-hmm. 
Because um, the hole is big enough to go over his head. Yes. There's quite a bit of room around his head in now, that globe. The respiratory volume of a middle-aged oh man. Oh my gosh, you're such a nerd. Six liters per Soup, You're on a list now. You know I'm already on the list. You're on the list for bad Googles. Definitely. So that, that 10 gallons would be 36 liters of of gaseous volume so he would take six minutes at least to die well to be fair you don't know how long it's been on his head when we see him wake up yes maybe he's been in there for a few minutes already meanwhile the biggest problem is venetia is in the woods and sees this Mm -hmm. why is she in the woods because she's followed him did she not say stop No, she sat and ate a sandwich while uh, Eli was test dunking him in the hole. It would take <laughs> 90 minutes to duck, to dig that hole. She's been hanging with out. With the right tools. She's been hanging out for two hours. Did she bring some sandwiches? That's what I'm saying. She's got a snack, little little flask of tea. She's just <sighs> chilling out. Never okay. crosses her mind to I stop him or anything. Far too much of my life investigating this single murder scene only to in the next scene, be even more upset because what time do you wake up and eat breakfast in the Barnaby home? Before you get there, I'll tell you, I I didn't know how much you had dug into... I didn't mean that. (laughs) How much you've looked into this. Um, So I did a little bit of looking into it and got as far as how, oh my God, dangerous it is to bury people in sand up to their necks. Oh, I... And stopped. I ran into a number of videos of people who dig big holes at beaches and die. Yeah. It's like... Like on accident because it caves in on them, but also because... It's fun to bury people up to their necks. Don't do it's that. It's not. Don't ever do now, that. Now, if you're laying down, you're laying that's down, different. It's different. Or if you pile the sand up onto somebody, yes. that's different. But if you dig down and put somebody in it and bury them up to their necks for a joke, there was an Austrian swimmer in Florida who had to spend a lot of time in a hospital after he was rescued yep. because he got buried in the sand up to his neck as a Easily joke break and almost your libs. died. Yep. Easily collapse your lungs. Yep. It's don't bad. do it. Don't do it. It's not fun. Don't, oh, Eli, don't do it. Anyway. Why didn't she say that? <laughs> because she's, she, in, she's in the bushes with a, a flashlight looking at the pages. She's, she's got her mouth full of, you know, jam sandwich. I guess. It, it is Venetia, but come on. No. Barnaby gets interrupted while eating breakfast by Sarah, who wants her to, uh, wants him to quiz her because she's going to be in the Memorial Pub quiz. And he complains because she's interrupting his breakfast at 9.15 in the morning. What, what do these people do with their lives? He should be at work for hours. Absolutely. It's clearly a work day because he's dressed for work. I know. It's not like a weekend where he gets called in. No. I know that we are people who wake up early. We get up at 5.15. We we get up very early in the morning. Because we're dorks. But we get up before 9.15 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe he's eating breakfast at 9.15. I've completely reevaluated my relationship to this character. Let's let's imagine. (laughs) Let us imagine he showered that morning. Okay? So we'll give him 30 minutes for a shower. Oh, my gosh. You can't do this. Okay. Maybe he woke up at 7.30, 8 o'clock. Exactly. Yeah. What are you doing with your life, John Barnaby? We don't have to walk it backwards time-wise. Oh, God. So Eli and Danny, the murderer and his wife, own a farm shop. Yes. And a tea shop. Yes. 
And Winter and John go there. And John eats Winter's piece of cake. And this is one of those examples where it's like, the man keeping the little guy down, mistreating your employees. I don't find it amusing. I don't. I think he's a jerk for doing it. I don't like. Enough said. That he eats his cake. No. Venetia is deep in debt. I need to hide these and look at my email. Oh, boy, what did we find in Venetia's email? Her clairvoyant? Yeah, so before Reverend Butts... <laughs> Stop it! You're in, not in fourth grade. Uh, says that he At is, least his name is, is Sebastian, not Seymour. <laughs> says that his he's given... Uh, oh, Sebastian, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've given money... From the church fund, did you notice how much was in the roof fund? No. 1,000 pounds. So he's taken all of that. Yes. Right? Okay. And that wasn't enough anyway. To give to his mother for psychics, how to get on the bullet train to hack. How much money has she spent trying to solve this mystery so that she can get a treasure that isn't even worth as much as she spent to find it? Yes. So in her- She's she's underwater already. In her email, we found that her psychic's name was- Meg Anderson. Meg Anderson. I think she's Mystic Meg. Mystic Meg. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We got a screenshot of it. It's at 33 minutes, 43 seconds, but you you skipped something really important. Oh, there's so much that we skipped that's important, but... Othello's banned from the quiz for cheating. Yes. Though he still supports it enough to put a flyer up in his shop. So I found Othello's shop. Mm -hmm. So as they're walking by towards Othello's shop, there's the name of a cottage. You mean Khan's Collectibles with a K? Yes. Yes. Okay. There's a sign on the fence. Mm-hmm. I found this shop. <laughs> Where this, is it? This shop is actually in a place called Penn, England. Mm-hmm. It's on 17 Elm Street mm-hmm. and it is called Strings. Oh. It's a string shop. Okay. Now. You mean yarn or you mean like instrument strings? Instruments. Okay, like violin strings. If you're an eagle eye, you notice in the last scene that Khan is in when they're leaving through his door, Mm -hmm. the iron on his door is in the shape of violins. Oh. And his closed and open sign is in the shape of a body of a violin. Nice. So they're actually in the store. Well, that store's having a big sale. Yeah. (laughs) can you tell it's got signs everywhere let's say big sale i'm a forgiving person sarah (laughs) but if i was banned from a trivia contest i've not been banned from a trivia contest i've been banned from playing trivial pursuit with friends but that's another thing yes i would not advertise said contest in my store no i think i'd be a little bit too bitter to do that so he's in two places in a shop Mm-hmm. Well, behind do, the register do, do all the con stuff yeah. behind the register or he's like in a little lounge chair mm-hmm. and there's a clock beside him in the lounge chair and something else and a thing that we we don't this is one of our watch like a maniacs it was number six when yeah. it's 530 at cons collectibles what does the clock point to we don't have the answer we don't know what it is the best thing I can think of is it is a panther on a tree limb. That's what you think it is? That's what I think it is. I thought it was driftwood carved to look like a lady. (laughs) Those could not be two more different things. may also be a pipe. (laughs) 
It's a thing. The other we'll thing, post a screenshot of it and hopefully somebody can figure it out. The other thing that I noticed with Khan shop was when he's outside in his car talking to when he's talking to Venetia. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the nosy neighbor that walks by at the door who stares yes. at the camera the yes. entire time, including when she's behind Khan's vehicle. You can see through the window that she bends down a little bit yes. to stare to at get the a camera. <laughs> she's the nosiest background person ever. Wow. But you know what? I think that's exactly what somebody in Midsummer would do. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? What's going on here? Venetia's Venetia Butts is up to something. Butts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so much in this episode. So then I like, suddenly, th- this is the point where I got really carried away, like looking for puzzles in the episode. Yep. Basically giving it more credit than it deserved, you know? Sort of until I found one thing and we'll get to that. But Because we know that Bertram Jewell isn't his real name. Yes. Right? And uh, his real name is Bertram, uh, is Robert Grimes. Yeah. Sorry. So he kept the Bert. The Bert. Um, so I thought, okay, so Bert, uh, Bertram Jewell is a name he chose. Yes. And if he's into puzzles, maybe it's an anagram. Maybe, yes. So I went online and used one of those handy-dandy anagram solvers. Yep. And I found what his name actually is. What like is what, what he was trying to say. What with, was he trying to say? this name that he chose. Well, it could be a few things. Okay. It could be... Butts? <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> it could be any of these things. Are you ready? Yep. You can choose which one you think Bertram okay. was thinking of. Mr. Wee Table Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> it could be that. It could be Beware Junior Melt. Beware Junior Melt. Rare BMW Jet Eel. <laughs> or I can't. <laughs> the last one <laughs> is Ram Jam Beer Welt. <laughs> I think the secret message in his name is Mr. Wee Table Jr. <laughs> but you can choose the one that you prefer. Oh. It, it really it could be Ram Jam Beer Welt. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> is that what happens oh, at the pub? We have oh okay. So dogs, dogs, and ducks are welcome at the pub. By there the way. is a sign outside of the pub that says "Dogs and ducks are welcome." There is nowhere else in the universe that has that sign. <laughs> dogs welcome, yes. Ducks, I don't want no stinking ducks in my pub. Oh. They they poop on a whim, okay, <laughs> and they can be really mean. And what if a goose comes in pretending to be a duck? Geese are super mean. Where can I find a mashie? Where's a mashie? (laughs) This is one of the two questions we see Sarah answer. Yeah, it's a kind of of iron, a club. The other one is, what is a streesman's bristle front? This is the one she doesn't get to answer because John's phone rings. Do you know what a streesman's bristle front is? I don't. It's a Brazilian bird. Now you know. There you go. Now I know. Okay, so so there, the quiz is at this point. We are like 20 minutes into the episode, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> We're jumping around now. So this is my 
AAA fine for the episode. Your triple A? Yeah, my triple A. Your five star? My five star fine for the episode. What is it? So in the pub, there is a trophy. Mm -hmm. And on that trophy... This uh, is the quiz trophy? Yes. They're talking about how Khan has won all the past championships. Right. Right? And they do a close-up on He's won it for like the last five years or something. Yeah. They do a close-up on it. Okay. It starts in 2016. Okay. Mm-hmm. It has three names and then the rest are con. So 2016, 2017, 2018. Con, 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 con. No, are all those after people. That. And then 2019. Yeah. They, they didn't stop for the pandemic, by the way. Not like the show did, but they didn't. Yeah. So the first name on this list is Chloe Freaks. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... Tickety, tickety, tickety. Because that is a name of... Somebody who makes up Venetia Butts could make up Chloe Freaks. Chloe Freaks. Okay. But But no, Chloe Freaks is a real person. Mm -hmm. Chloe Freaks is the art director of this episode. Oh, (laughs) that's so smart of Chloe to put her own name on that. You go. That's fun. We know that people on the show and people who make the show listen to this podcast. We know this for sure. This is confirmed by Annette Badland. At least one. Okay. Chloe, I <laughs> if you're tri- listening, I've tried to friend you on Instagram. Please, please. We think you're awesome. Come on we want to talk to you. <laughs> please, because we have so many questions. I think it's absolutely clever that she put her own name on the trophy. I think that's great. Abby Bowers is her best friend and is the set director. <laughs> Number two. Not like you're stalking them, though. Not like I'm stalking Michael Errolback. I don't know who that is. I would bet a fiver. It's the person who did the art for the episode. Oh. I bet a fiver. Okay. And I, Chloe, if I'm wrong, I'll give you that fiver or fiver or give it to your favorite charity or whatever. But that's We'll double it. Yeah. Tell us. That's who I think. (laughs) But you got to reach out and let us know one way or the other. Make sure you put that in the show notes. Yes. So it's in text somewhere. That, so maybe she might maybe send, she, send her a little at. When she does a little search for herself. Well, oh, I'm putting I'm putting that picture mm-hmm. on a reel yeah. saying, Chloe, we saw what you did there. <laughs> we see you, Chloe, and we think you're awesome. Maybe. Well, th- this should have won an award for set direction. Yeah. This episode, by far. Unlike one of the earlier um episodes way back when where there was the sign that says dress set do not mess up or whatever and they forgot she she's not part of that episode she's only done the last three seasons but wow (laughs) what we could learn from her i know okay Okay. So Ludo keeps coming back to his secret shack and finding people in his secret shack. <laughs> and I think maybe the problem. He needs a lock on the secret shack. He needs to close the secret shack door. No, no. Just close the door. No. He finds he, Barnaby in there. He finds Winter in there. He finds Venetia in there. They're all in there. Hanging out, looking through his stuff because he just leaves the door standing open. <laughs> and I have to assume it's somewhere very near the farm stand and the tea shop. Yes. So people probably walk by the open and think, ooh, look. Conspiracy hut. Seeker shack. I'm going to go in there. Okay. Things in the conspiracy hut that we have yet to talk about. The gnome. Yes. With 20 question marks around. Yes. Ludo's a little worked up about that gnome. (laughs) Sort of desperate to know what it means. But our favorite. 
is our little green friend. So on the page that we see very early in the episode on the ground. That has the bus on it. That has the double-decker red London bus. There is a green alien on the front of it. Two. There's two. It's on both sides. It's like a sticker on the bus. Yep. Which is funny because in my mind, I remembered it being behind the steering wheel. And that's not where the alien is. I thought it was in the upper deck. Yeah. Yeah. It is the number 16. Yes. And that was one of our watch like a maniac questions. What number does the alien ride? Number bus does the alien ride? It's the number 16 bus. Yes. And you see it blown up when Barnaby and Winter are in the conspiracy hut. You see that blown up right next to Barnaby. Yep. Oh my gosh. We have so much to cover. We need to move. We do. So Khan sold Bertram the angel. Yes. So Khan knows the angel is not the real treasure. Yes. Because the real treasure would have been buried 10 years ago and Bertram's just now getting around to it. So it can't be real. Yep. So Khan knows that Bertram is a con. Yep. Not that it's a pun on Khan. No. Khan, Khan knows the con. Danny's lying about knowing Bertram's history based on bank statements she found in his room. Yes. She that's knows a lie. because she knows. Yep. And Ava is having an affair with Bertram because her mother-in-law put her up to it. What? (laughs) That family is the worst group of people ever. The Reverend's mother has put his wife up to having an affair. After she embezzled thousands from the church. Yes. (laughs) She is horrifically fantastic. She's so desperate to have the solution to the puzzle. Like, what do you... do you know this man? Do you think he ever had like a gazillion dollars that he was able to hide? He has he gives us no indication of ever having enough money to legitimately have a treasure that was worth finding. Okay. Never mind that he's a con man and a liar and dead now. Now let's play the game of what if she won. <laughs> well, she wouldn't pay any of the money back. She'd probably just disappear with it. Right. But still, again, this lady who was desperate for money because she embezzled it from the church who lived in the same town as the guy who's one of her friends. Uh, her daughter-in-law was having an affair with yeah. won the prize again. again this was yeah. Be, the 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 fact that they all live within walking distance of each other is problematic. It's, well, then she dies. Yes. So Venetia dies. Yes. That I don't believe that's Selena in the in, in the sheet in the sheet. No, I don't either. I don't. The the <laughs> hips were wrong. <laughs> It's a ghost, basically. So, Venetia is strung up in the woods. Okay, this death. She's suffocated with a bag. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. That would work. Now, how are you going to string her up with a sheet over her? I assume you got to put the sheet on her after. Okay, okay. So, we'll put the sheet on. Now, you brought the sheet because you're trying to recreate these pages. Right. Even though these are all rage killings, too. Yeah, Okay, okay, never mind the fact that that makes sense. So you got to find two trees that are the right distance apart. Okay. Ahead of time, okay? Now, she would meet him in the the forest because she's blackmailing him because she saw that he killed... uh, Bertram. Bertram. By the way, if you're blackmailing a killer, don't go to some place that has (laughs) no people in it. Benicia is a moron, if you haven't noticed. Moron. So it's almost like she has a butt for a head. Sorry. <laughs> Here's what I think happened. Because Eli lures her there, he yeah. chooses the location. Okay. So he gets to stage it. Okay. Right? So he puts the ropes and the sheet, the tarp or whatever it is, a, a ladder or five, his 
helpers because uh, uh, he needs helpers. He yes. can't do this alone unless he's way stronger than he looks. He gets to hide all of that in advance and then lure her to the location, suffocate her. Then he has to tie the rope around each of her wrists and then using like a truck or something that he's tied them off to, winch her up, secure the ropes, okay. then climb the big ladder and put the sheet over her and align the face with her face. Okay, folks, I'm going to get a bit And gross. that's how it happens. I'm going to get a bit gross here. Mm -hmm. Do you think Selena's elbows and shoulders and wrists could handle that? I don't think that her arms would rip off, but I think they dislocate. It's not nice. Having looked into being hung, hung drawn, and quartered more than I should have, um, I know it. We are the weirdest. It people. takes quite a bit of force to actually detach a limb. So I think she's she's a very slight woman. Okay. She's bird like. I think it would be okay. The other thing that we haven't even talked about briefly, <laughs> Venetia's kitchen. Is five star. Her house is. For somebody who's deep, 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 deep in debt, she has a beautiful house. That house is gorgeous. I love her house. I absolutely love her. I, I don't know what that, um, it's it, it's like a, a sideways railroad track mounted ladder thing? lattice thing that goes around her kitchen that has the ivy growing on it, but yeah. it's awesome. You don't want ivy in the house. It gets everywhere. It's beautiful though. It's really nice. So Venetia's dead. So now we've got two people dead, and yes. Father Butts is starting to lose it. Oh, Father Butts is. He's ringing the bell and he's talking crazy and. Because he's figured it out. Mm hmm. And now this death is the most realistic because there are water leaking buckets around the church from the very beginning. Right. Now, that water would not be nice. Now, I realize he's going in there to die. Yeah. Okay, but still. Nasty water. <laughs> it makes sense. But that, again, is a rage killing. Yeah. And then he takes time to set, set the scene. Sean Dooley is a maniac. <laughs> Eli. Yeah. The way Reverend Butts is posed is, it is the work of a psychotic. Yeah. It is absolutely maniacal. So Eli kills Bert because they go way back. Yes. Right? They were involved. 24 years They ago. were involved in a con where they sold these gas detectors that were supposed to save people's lives that really didn't work. And a woman died in a fire due to a gas leak that their detector should have prevented. And that woman was Miriam, the wife of the pub owner, the wife so of Joe. it's astronomically. Helena, sorry. Memorial. That, that that happened like, I don't know, a million miles away. Right. And then they all, all end up in the same place. No, because it was in Costin. It was in Costin. It was like 10 miles away. You know, in the big city where all the cons happen. My wife has died, and so I'm going to move 15 miles away. Yeah, from the big city to own a pub. So why why couldn't they say Bedford or Hull? Let's move to Wales and really have a change of scenery. So no, he's we got need a to little... open the Duck and Dog Pub. Yes, <laughs> that's not what it's called. It's the Red Lion. Yes. So um, Helena died because of Bert and Eli's con because she saw it. Yeah. Yep. And now Bertram is back. Eli snaps. His son is infatuated with the book. He's he does it all for- He's throwing his life does away. Does it all for Ludo. Eli loses it, kills Bertram, yeah. right? But Venetia is sitting secretly in the woods eating sandwiches or whatever yeah. and sees all of it. 
and is desperate for money so that she can spend more money to solve a puzzle where there's really no prize and get money. Oh, God. Throwing good money, bad money after yes. worse money, embezzled money, stolen money. Anyway, so she blackmails Eli, and Eli says, I'll give you the final page, which she thinks will help her solve the puzzle if you meet me, right? Yeah. Sebastian just happens to be in a drunken state of sleepiness, laying down in a pew in his own church, and overhears this arrangement. Yes. So he knows that Eli killed Venetia. And so his mother, Reverend Butts, decides to, to blackmail, blackmail Eli, Eli to get the money back for the roof. Why he thinks Eli has money, I don't know. I, I don't know. Because Eli's been doing work for Butts and he's not paid him. So why would Eli have a bunch of money? I don't. From that. Really lucrative farm tea shop. Never mind the fact that his sign is everywhere. Because he's a handyman. Yes. He does all the work for all the people everywhere all the time. So then Reverend Butts has to die. Yeah. Right? I can only guess that if Eli had more time, Ava really should have been next. Yes. Because she knows about the embezzlement. She knows about what Venetia's been up to. Yeah. So I think it wouldn't take her long to put the pieces together. No. Though she basically is one, astoundingly stupid. Basically, one by one, Eli probably would have had to kill off half the village if he really wanted to cover everything he up. He already does kill <laughs> half the village. <laughs> He's going to have to knock off some more people, I think. Like, you know, Joe at the pub might be next. I don't know. Joe is such a total red herring because he actually has a motive and didn't no. kill Bertram. No, he is a poor man whose wife was killed by a scam. Yeah, he has every reason to want to take him down, and he doesn't. He lets him sit in the quiz chair and everything. Why does Joe's daughter, Scarlett, have a Exist. tantrum in the church? I don't know. And why and is Ludo so angry with her? It has to do with Oxford. She's going to go to Oxford. Because Bertram got her in? How on earth could that have what happened? sway does he have i don't know well he's the famous author of seeker okay but okay i'm gonna tell you there's a thing that we haven't mentioned how bonkers ludo is in the conspiracy hut mm -hmm. written on the board did you see the thing about the wheels no written in all capital letters underlined three times mm-hmm with lines radiating from it mm -hmm. is the phrase, all the wheels on the bus are square. <laughs> are they? I don't know. I tried to see. Pull up the picture. I have the screenshot in the folder, which we will share with all of you. If it has square wheels, I didn't notice. They are not. Mark has pulled up the screenshot to confirm the wheels on the bus go round and round. <laughs> <laughs> that that is where we are left with this crazy insane episode. <laughs> Just imagine though if it was your job to decorate the the seeker shack. Yes. You know? Okay, we've done the illustrations for this fake book. We're going to blow them up. Some should be in black and white. Some should be in color. Pin them up all over the place and then doodle on them as if you're trying to solve a mystery. Circle random things. Draw arrows between things that go together that don't go together. Let's have a map. Oh, let's put a globe on his desk and circle like entire continents on the globe yeah. as if those are the hot spots. I'm telling you, the very first question for Miss Chloe Freaks is what is up with the wheels on the bus? <laughs> They go round and round. They're not square. Okay, Sarah, there's another problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I want to make this clear. We love this episode. Oh, yeah, obviously. 
Okay, 24 years ago, my wife died. Mm -hmm. That's a traumatic event. She died because a man sold her a fake gas detector. Mm -hmm. That should have saved her life. He went to prison. Mm -hmm. There was a trial, Mm -hmm. at the very least. Mm -hmm. At least a sentencing hearing, because he goes goes up the pogey for a few years. Yeah. Would I have not had that man's face burned into my memory so that when he walks into my pub 10, 15, whatever number of years later, you'd still recognize I him. would instantly recognize him. But Mark, him. he's changed his name from Robert to Bertram. Duh. Oh, that completely, <laughs> completely changes everything. Yeah. I, I forgot about that. Jeez. He wouldn't recognize him. He'd say, You look a lot like the guy who killed my wife. And he says, oh, hello, my name is Robert Jewell, or Bertram Jewell. Oh, well, then you're not him. Okay, never mind. Do you have a twin brother? Do you have a twin? No? Okay. When Ava goes to talk to Eli's wife, Mm -hmm. she, her husband's dead. Mm -hmm. She is out of money. Yep. She... Her mother-in-law is also dead. Yes. She had a pretend affair. Mm -hmm. And her last name is Butts. Mm -hmm. Okay. This woman has problems. (laughs) Yes. And Eli's wife goes, you can have Bertrand's old room. (laughs) (laughs) The man is in three days dead and she gives away his room. Danny's so ready for him to be out of her house. I'm sure she's already stripped everything out of his room and taken his pictures off the wall. Oh. I gosh, I hope she has. If not, Ava has to move into the room <laughs> with a picture of the the dead guy that she pretended to have an affair with peeking around a brick wall looking at her all night. I hope Danny's cleaned it out. Who would put that in this script? How traumatic would that be? Oh my god. Well, we're gonna get to some trauma because well, Danny, after the episode, there is a lot of trauma. Danny's to gonna through. be kinda like needing a shoulder to cry on anyway. <laughs> Because her husband's going to go to prison forever, and her son is now wackadoodle because his dad killed his biggest hero or whatever, and he's never going to know where the treasure was or if there was a treasure. That's done. And, you know, Ava and Danny can just sit around drinking. Okay. Your husband killed my husband. Let's be friends. I did it all for the Ludo. Okay. But then Sarah wins the quiz. Uh, Okay. As soon as I saw the quiz at the end, I had a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know Khan is a smart man. Mm -hmm. He tells us over and over again he's a smart man. He wears a bow tie sometimes. He uses fancy language. Yep. His shop is called Strings. Yep. Oh, I know. Khan's Collectibles. collectibles. He can't spell, but he's smart. Khan Collectibles. Khan! (sighs) Collectibles. Never mind all that. Okay. This quiz that he got banned for, for being too smart, mm-hmm. the the pub owner now begs him to come back. Why does the pub owner beg him to come back? So Sarah doesn't run it, I guess. I guess. <laughs> and instantly he's in the final. If I was in the other rounds, I would be so pissed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Everybody else has a full on another reason to be pissed off. The detective who's solving a murder in the village for which Joe is a key suspect. His wife is somehow in the lead. Hmm. Sarah, how That's do you not spell suspicious. dog? <laughs> not suspicious at all. All of this, you know, who solves the puzzle? It can't be any of these people or it's suspicious. Yep. 
she's, you know, winning the quiz. I'm not saying Sarah's not smart and she's not studying really hard no. and she doesn't deserve to win. Yeah. She gets the last she question knows. wrong as far as I'm concerned. I'll talk about that in a second. But she should not, she should have excused herself from this as soon as there was a murder or three. Yes. Never mind the fact that everywhere is a crime scene. Stop going to villages where there have been murders to have your little extra activities while your child is mysteriously away. That's why Barnaby's having breakfast at 9.15. They're sleeping in because they don't have to get the kid to school. There we go. Ta-da. Now let me tell you why she gets the last question wrong. Okay, so there's a tie, and then they ask the last question, which is, Modsmere, Modsmere is, is an, an anagram, anagram for, of what? Which I instantly, the moment I saw the sign for the competition, I was like, that's Midsummer." Yes. The real answer, though, really should be Sir Modem. Sir Modem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the right answer. The inventor of the modem. Yes. Sir Modem. Sir Modem. I mean, Sir come on. Sir Wesley Modem. Midsummer's completely made up. Sir Modem, real words. Real person. Sir yeah. Wesley Modem. Yes. MBA, 19. 68. He's probably, you know, MB, MBE by now. Probably, right? yeah. yes. Duke modem. <laughs> best corpse? Okay. By far, the best corpse has to be Bertram. You think so? Because he sits there in the ground. Now, they made it so that he wasn't being compressed by the earth. No, really? <laughs> they didn't really bury the actor alive? But Come on. somebody had to dig a hole that he's standing in. Okay? <laughs> I don't agree with you. Oh. I think the Rev Butts is the best one. <laughs> Rev, why are we blessed with an episode with the Rev Butts? <laughs> <laughs> because he has to kneel and hang his head. His legs are going to sleep. You know, his no, legs no, are going he's to... in the lotus position. Okay, so he has to. Okay, his legs are still going to sleep. Yeah, I'm they're, sorry, they're still going to sleep. And he has to hang his head and be perfectly still. That's true. Like he's not even allowed to lay down and be still. Yeah. That's hard. What the person who and isn't? Is, and he's wet. Selena Kyle. It's Selena Kyle. <laughs> Selena Butts. Her name is Selena Cadell. Selena Cadell or is Venetia not Butts. winning. Oh, she got the best gig of all. She got to get killed and not even have to yeah. play. A, a, you know, th there's a dummy in now, there. Now, now, let's recall. She is in episode one, mm -hmm. okay, where she commits suicide in her cell. Mm -hmm. Her Death is not shown. Nope. The second episode she's in, Midsummer Life. She gets killed in a dryer. She gets killed in a dryer. We investigated that and clearly pointed out it's a picture of her. Yes. Okay. So she's not in the dryer. She never shows up <laughs> as a dead body. Selena gets her way every time and doesn't actually have to be a corpse. She's smart. She has some of the most dramatic deaths without having to play a corpse. Oh, That's in, clever. In episode one, Tom Barnaby is so mad because she commits suicide. Yeah. Because he knows what's going on by then. Yep. Oh, okay. After the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danny and Ava are going to do kind of a Thelma and Louise thing. Okay. Wh what about <laughs> what? Is Ludo going to do with his life? He's going to have to get over it. Okay. And probably spend his time creating what Seeker should have been. That's what he should do. Because he spent all this time trying yeah. to solve puzzles that don't have a solution. But he has no money to put up an actual prize. No, but maybe he can find a publisher who would agree to do it. Because yeah. he's got a good story about being so close to the author and the author died. So now he's going to create 
something to replace it. Maybe. And I've got a book for him called Puzzle Craft that he yeah. could use <laughs> if he needs to write the puzzles. What's the cover of that look like? It looks just like Seeker. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that would be a great thing for him to do. Scarlet's going to go to Oxford. Yep. Joe's going to run the pub. That's yeah. all great. Khan's going to run his thing. Yeah. I, I feel sorry for one person. Who? Who's not in the episode, but I feel sorry for this person. Who? So there has to be a new Rev in yeah. that parish. Yeah. And that Rev has got to look at the books and explain to the archbishop of that diocese. That Butts was embezzling. What's going on with that church. And that is going to be a hard conversation. Yeah, but they aren't responsible for it at all. No, but... Still, as a man of God, you gotta feel bad. You have to you have to look at your boss and say, Boss, the mother and son butts stole all the money. <laughs> but the Archbishop <laughs> got butts. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew he was <laughs> a, butt. a butt. I just hope they don't blame Ava because it's not her fault. She's a victim in all of it. A- She's not very victim. sharp and doesn't really have anything now. So And the publishers can clearly drop this book like a 10-foot pole. Oh, drop it like it's hot. Yep. <laughs> drop it like a 10-foot pole? Yes. Don't you going to cross that, that bridge when it hatches or what? I don't know what that means. Oh, my gosh. That is Season 24, Episode 2, Book of the Dead. Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. Did we do all of the... Watch Like a Maniac? We did. Okay. We did. Our next episode will be number three of season 24, which is Claws Out. Mm-hmm. There will be many pets. Yes. Maybe maybe we can have all of guest star on the- Pet detectives. All of the pet detective. Yeah. Catch us on all the socials. We're everywhere. Yes. You know where we are. Yes. Let and us know what you thought of the episode. Thank you so much for all your suggestions and emails and all that wonderful stuff. You are all fantastic. We read it all. Stay warm. Yes. It's cold front going it's through. Cold the, front going If you're in through. North America, you're yep. you're dealing with it. Yeah, it's cold in England too. All my boaters are dealing with cold. cold. I watch a lot of long boat videos. Your YouTube canal yep. boat videos. Yep. Stay warm, stay happy, and we'll see you next week. Bye, Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs. Davina is in the woods and sees this. Why is Davina? Venetia. Venetia.